This is 50,000 Watt Clear Channel XCRB Radio. This is Diversity. Hey, yeah. So at the end of the first episode, I announced a email address to hit me up on, which I tried to get, but was taken. Diversity at gmail.com was taken. Diversity podcast at gmail.com was taken. Uh, by whom? Who knows? Alas, not available. So, Billy Hoyle Music at gmail.com. It's B I L L Y H O Y L E music at gmail.com. Uh, I'm a little conscious that my low energy and kind of moodiness recording this second episode was a bit low vibe, but I realized the only one with any expectations of how I'm supposed to be each time I record here is me. So really, there's no rule. I don't have to be a certain way. Episode two, there's nothing to do but be, and there's nothing to be but you. There's nothing but poos and wees. And there's nothing to wee but poo. That was something I wrote recently. I started off trying to write something very profound. After the two lines, I lost my way and found the ultimate follow-up two lines and left it at that. It's raining. You can probably hear it raining on the garage roof. I hope it doesn't meditate that ass to sleep. I'm a little further away from the microphone this week. It's been a week exactly since I did my first try. It's now the following Wednesday. I haven't yet released the first episode. I've been uh, putting together some artwork for it and doing a little intro segment for it, but I should have it ready to put up very soon. So that's cool. Well, it feels cool feels uh, like an accomplishment. Thanks, Ryder, for your support and encouragement. Thanks, Tamika, for your support in telling me to do a podcast and for helping me sort out the art with Canva. Canva. Canva's all in my Instagram ads now and my Facebook ads because you talk about it, you walk about it, you scroll about it. The Social Dilemma, watched that the other night. Hmm, Do I really want to get into it? I mean, I think there's a pretty universal feeling that we all have from watching something like that. Me, as a 36-year-old, I'm so grateful I grew up in the 90s when you had to ring a home phone to try to speak to a friend. I was speaking to Tamik about it. I think our kids are going to be riding a wave where it'll it'll have been processed. There'll be enough awareness about the lurings and trappings of it. But that stat about teenage girl admissions to the hospital just that was too much that was too much and the whole fake news thing and the algorithm artificial intelligent algorithm meta monster yo it's heavy get outside look up look up you seen those ads around look up it's like a movement kind of awareness thing you see it on trams and i uh i thought of it a few times over the years like that would be a good slogan And I'm glad it happened. Look up. We live really close to a Woolworths supermarket. It's a one minute walk. It's so convenient. I don't know how I'll ever survive not living so close to a supermarket ever again. Yeah, so I was walking over to Woolies 
one night and it was a clear night and close to a full moon. And I glanced up at it and I can't remember if I had my phone in my pocket or not, but you know, there's that addictive tendency to grab your phone and do the things, press the buttons, look at the things, all the bull, 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 ah. I looked up at this moon and it was glowing so bright and I walked looking at it towards Woolies, enjoying it. As I walked around the corner, I saw a family SUV and the kids were in the back and I saw another glow, quite a bright glow in the back seat uh, of an iPad, a little girl looking at an iPad. And it just hit me, that juxtaposition of this full bright moon in the sky that uh, can fill you with so much if you can slow yourself down enough to just be with it and look at it and feel it and drop into that awe and sense of wonder and that reminder, that body reminder, not just that cognitive, yeah, there's a moon in the sky and we're floating in space. I know that, I know, I know, I know. I just stop and look at it and really feel the reality of what we're in and what we're on. And hopefully that little girl isn't always on her iPad and hopefully she stares into the glowing moon and has wonderful feelings that far surpass the feelings of an iPad. We had a stir fry for dinner, a chicken and vegetable stir fry with oyster sauce. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Sol was critiquing it as we ate. So cutthroatly. Carrots undercooked. It's soft. That's how you know as he presents it to me on his fork. Uh, yeah, okay, mate. Cool. And I think he might have just got a... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Maybe it was, but the broccoli was perfect. It was firm, it was crunchy, not too hard. Still retaining the nutrientsy. But Sol, he's got, you know, he's got a sense of taste and a nose like a sniffer dog. And uh, he's a little, he can be a little swarmy cat already. Little sassy teenage cat, six and a half. Qua though, Qua was eating his dinner and he said, Dad, I think these noodles are called doodles. Oh, yeah, okay. Then he looks at his thumb, says, inside here, the brain body. Pointing at his thumb. And that's why Qua's four next month. But that's why kids, babies, kids, they're real close to the source material. They're close to God. They're close to the isness, the universe, the highest power, the higher knowledge. Call it what you want. I don't, I don't, ever, I don't want him to ever leave that. He's been such, and he is such a quirky, wonderful, bold, completely uninhibited, wild, all-feeling little boy. The fieriest rage and the most tender softness. No fear, basically. I mean, he'll get scared every now and then of a dog if a big dog's running towards him. But his level of, his sense of danger is, is pretty low. He's very bold. He'll talk to anyone. He'll approach anyone. And he'll be naked at any moment. You'll just be, you know, think they're playing outside and then you'll walk by and then you'll look over a choir and his glorious physical form is unsheathed. <laughs> and his big bulgy butt cheeks popping out and his big pot belly 
wielding around. He's a big, heavy, strong three-year-old, almost four-year-old. Just a couple more weeks. But I just want him to be wild like that forever, and I hope he is in whatever way he manages to be. I remember having that small sense of sadness when Sol became self-aware and self-conscious to the point where he didn't want to be naked on the beach anymore, for example. Obviously, you don't want him to grow up being naked on the beach. You don't want to take your teenage son to the beach and just have him walk around with his cock hanging out, his pubes everywhere, blown in the wind, and have to convince, you know, your 15-year-old son to put some underwear on, even just some budgie smugglers, just something, mate. Just cover it up, dude, like... I, I love that you're a freak. We gotta have to go to nudie beaches every time, man, and they're too far away. I just wanna go for a swim in the beach and get some cold water on my body. You just cover it up. So, Sol went through that change of being. And then he was seemed to go really far. He went from so carefree about his presentation and now there's some days where he, he'll only wear jeans because he wants to be looking good and he's have his legs represented by some jean, some denim. Instead of those daggy trackies, you know, styling. I guess it's school. Once I hit school, that awareness of self just skyrockets, hey? Self-consciousness. Because they're relating themselves to all these other people. They're being seen by so many other people. So they're so more aware of being something and someone and looking a certain way. But that little Kwai Kwai is going to be four in a few weeks. And I just hope he rocks out with his cock out, figuratively speaking. And literally speaking. Uh... For, for as long as it's still okay for a kid to be naked and for as long as he's comfortable. And he's, and he's, he's got a big heart. They were playing inside before and they had a little friend over, neighborhood friend was playing, up, and they were playing with buckets and filling them up. And uh, I told the little kid not to bring the bucket inside. I made it very clear. I don't want water on the floor. And then after making that clear, he came in again. And, and no, that was right. The bucket had a hole in the bottom. And I said, hey, it's, it's little mate, it's got, a, it's got a crack in the bottom, so the water's not going to stay in. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go and get another bucket. Cool, cool, man, do your thing. I'm just trying to do some stuff. So, all good, man, enjoy yourself. Comes back two minutes later with the same bucket trying to fill it up. And I was like, Bubba, it's, it's got a crack in it, remember? Take it outside. Oh, yeah. Um, and then under my breath, I'm like, what the fuck was he doing? And then Sol, who's just outside, but I thought far enough away, what the fuck was who doing? And he cracked me up. I went out there and just hugged him and laughed and we laughed. And he's very sensitive to swear words. He usually hates it, hates hearing me swear, hates when a song has swear words in it. He just looks at me with furrowed eyebrows, like doesn't say a word, just looks. How dare you expose me to the expletives of the world, these dastardly words. Have you no honor? Have you no respect for the purity of a child? <sighs> Clearly not, mate. Clearly not. Um, so, yeah, to hear him just wield the word and then laugh about it was, was beautiful. And, uh, and I'm glad we had that moment. It was a real sweet moment. And um, Snoop Dogg keeps coming on during the MasterChef commercials. And uh, so, I mean, that's a, it's a funky little ditty about ordering menu log. He's got a guy with a jetpack on trying to ride up into the side of his jet to deliver his uh, whatever it is onto his bed inside his private jet. Man, Snoop Dogg. Has a, has a man traversed more popular culture and media than Snoop Dogg in the last 35 years? I don't think so. Last 30 years. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Lion. <laughs> He's brushed. 
with a very wide stroke. What a dude. What a dude. I could talk about hip-hop and music for a long time. Um, I wish I could play music on this thing. I mean, I could, but I could also get asked not to. I don't know. Maybe they have sensors that pick it up and stuff. I'm not really sure. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, so, and he likes the, uh, he likes the Uncle Snoop Dogg, so. Maybe you'll hear a Snoop Dogg soon, song soon, where he drops a few mother <clears throat> and all the others, and uh, he's okay with it. Let's see. Choir, on the other hand, he calls everyone a duty. You, you duty. You're a, you're a bum, you duty, duty. You're a douche. Douche, duty, you douchebag. When he doesn't get his way, when he doesn't get what he wants, when he doesn't get his second bagel with cream cheese. You're a duty douchebag. When he doesn't get another donut for his one-off donut. It's like giving meat to a lion. <laughs> he says it with so much conviction. Uh, if he had a better grip on swear words. I'm glad, I'm taking that as a win. As a dad that he doesn't just say, you, you fucking idiot, you fucking dog. You know, he does say dog sometimes, but the fact that he, he leads with duty, douche, duty head, bum bum head, uh, makes me proud. feel like I'm doing a great job. You know, I could, I could probably end up talking for like three hours, really. What else, though? What else is going on? It's been a pretty good week. It's been pretty good. I'm feeling a little, a little off. We've had restrictions ease slightly, but everything still feels super weird, you know, not really different, not yet. Um, and I hadn't really been aware for the last few weeks of the whole thing. I'd kind of been in a blissful, switched off and unaware of it, but it, it, I felt it come back into my awareness in the last few days. It just feels so damn slow, you know, like it's so tight and we're so fucking locked down. And I'm, and I'm just struggling to find peace with the reasoning of it anymore, especially compared to other places in the world and other states. It's just fucking brutal. But I don't want to be here complaining. I just, that's just how I'm feeling it. I'm just, I'm just feeling about it. Like it's just, it's just going on. It's still going on. It's going to be October tomorrow. And, <laughs> oh man, I just remember back in March saying that surely it's not going to go past June or July. Surely everything, it'll be done by then. It's got to be. Man, here we are. Twice as long as that. More than twice as long as that. And still going. So, shout out to everyone who needs one. Needs some love. Sending love to anyone who's... Because I've been great. I've been really good. And then I bottom out at times. I bottom out. And thinking too much. Think too much. It's stuck in your head. My offering to the parental world this week is around this... Oh, they grow up so quick. Enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy every moment. They grow up so fast. They don't grow up fast when you're up every fucking night. I'll tell you that. They don't. <laughs> older, older parents, grandparents, parents whose little pure innocent children are now jerking off seven times a day or, you know, on the doll or murdered someone or, you know living a wonderful life, but not caring so much about their parents or not around them anymore as much. They reminisce. 
they romanticize entirely, entirely. That's the key word I want to point out, those uh, early days of the little child. And I want to be really clear that it is beautiful. It is a beautiful time. And uh, it's true, the further you get on in parenting, the more you appreciate it. Doesn't get easier necessarily, but you appreciate the whole damn process and everything that you've done and the way they're changing and growing and developing. It's, it's beautiful. Um, when you, when you are in the thick of having your capacity as a human wrenched, you know, like a wet towel, just being squeezed every last drop out of your being and your patience and resilience, patience and resilience, they're two of the things that, uh, I don't think you could get to a level of unless you're a parent. I think parents have that to a higher degree and a deeper level than anyone else. What I wanted to say was don't feel bad if you're not enjoying it while it lasts, if you're not enjoying that they're little and squeezing the life out of you day and night just because an older parent says, oh, enjoy it while it lasts. You'll have that perspective when you're older too, I'm sure, but let a person feel what they're feeling. That's the main thing, and it's a universal. It's not even just about telling a young parent to enjoy it. They've got shit on their lip. Let a person feel what they're feeling. And uh, I learned this more recently. You don't need to uh, tell them how it is or tell them how to fix it. I could do too many damn notes. I'm looking at my notes because I wrote a few things that popped in my head and I like that. But I also like when I'm just walking around that day and I'm like, oh, I'm going to say that and then I forget it and then I come back to it and then I don't forget it and then I don't come back to it. That's okay. It doesn't have to be all the time, does it? You can't force it. You can't, f don't force anything. Let it come. But feel your feelings. Don't let someone take you away from feeling your feelings if they don't hear you and let you express. I remember I was sharing some, some pain, some tough times and feelings and, and, and it's, it's a situations that I was struggling with with a really good old friend a while back. And he was listening and just telling me what I should do. And uh, I get that. I've done that so much. I appreciate where his heart was at 100%. But I didn't feel any better at the end of the call because I really wanted to just sit in. I just wanted to sit in it. It's not like I didn't want to come out of it. But before I came out of the other end, I needed to really just be, uh, be witnessed in those and be heard. I think it's masculine energy that wants to just fix immediately and, and, and solve a problem, which is obviously amazing. But yeah, I remember realizing in that situation, I didn't want that energy. I just wanted to be like understood, which was hard because it was, a, it was an unfamiliar situation. I just wanted to be heard and allowed to feel those things so I could move through them. So don't rush to tell someone how to feel better Sometimes it's not about that yet. It's about, ah, let me, let me just let go of this stuff with you, please. Just, just hear me and let me get it all out. And then next time we talk, we can move forward. Much love, everyone.
I hope everyone's loving themselves out there. And I'm so glad that David Attenborough is on Instagram. And I hope people who need to hear his messages who haven't yet hear them because he's just the man and he puts everything so well. I was, I was so glad to see uh, his, his video the other day talking about biodiversity and uh, starting off with how we are nature. We are part of nature. I think that's the thing that kills me the most when I see litter and an attitude towards the environment as though it is other like it is this other separate entity that exists over there. Not that we are the environment. We exist within it. It is all together. It's not something to deal with down the track or to deal with or factor in. It is like we are. And it's our home. It's not our house with our bricks and our windows shielding us from the outside and the environment. That is a very thin barrier, cosmically speaking, minuscule. I think that's a, a big part of the mentality that has to shift is just absorbing that into the we are the environment. We are nature. It is not other. It is we. David Attenborough, bless him. Hope he lives to 470. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye.